0: I'd, I'd have no interest in doing that um, I'd be more interested now in going down to the main road and shouting at trucks <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do that than do an online gig I'd stand outside the primary school assholes because they're all assholes I'd, I'd prefer that than uh, <laughs> than do an online gig
1: Hello everybody and you're all very welcome to The Big Review Ski. My name is Owen Doherty. The guy you heard just there now is the one and only Tommy Tiernan. But he's not the big draw today. The big draw today, it's not even Hector who's coming up later on. It is, of course, the one and only Justine Stafford. Hello, Justine.
2: Owen, oh, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad. I'm grand. Listen, um i just want to do a wee warning to all the listeners because obviously they know you from uh all the amazing stuff that you do but of course like pre-lockdown you know <laughs> you were a big review ski regular so this is the first time everyone has heard you in ages
2: oh the good old days yeah it and i know you said to me a while back that since i've got back to me my accent has come out stronger so apologies if people are finding me difficult to understand, I don't know how you add subtitles to an audio file. But <laughs> Well, this
1: is this was exactly the warning I was going to give the audience just yeah. because instead of just having to put up with me and my dairy accent, they've now got a knobber accent to contend with <laughs> as well. So I'm sure by the time this goes out, subtitles will have been invented for podcasts. But how uh, are you coping out in the sticks anyway?
2: It's a hoot. I mean... <laughs>
1: is it not... is it really just the... A... <laughs>
2: I mean I go through waves of this is fine I can deal with this impending doom but then you're like I miss people I miss talking and there's only so much that I can go out into the fields and shout at cows that you know (laughs) keep me sane so well
1: I was I was wondering about that because isn't it what is the crack with your wi-fi basically the cows use up most of it genuinely (laughs)
2: Yes, genuinely, because we have um, CCTV, cow camera TVs on our farm. Of course,
1: (laughs) it's one of my favourite channels. (laughs) Because
2: if a cow is calving, basically uh, my dad can check it on the CCTV as opposed to driving up to the farms at half three in the morning. Um, so the cows, yeah, they use up the Wi-Fi, and they also use it up at peak times when I would be using it myself. So the it's...
1: bastards! <laughs> I never yeah. thought—I never thought about cursing cows before, but I can't believe they're doing that. <laughs> when you need to use the internet, they're using it at peak times.
2: They're really milking it. Uh,
1: they're interested in all that internet content. Does that yeah. work? Inter- <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um,
2: um, well,
1: listen. Yeah, I'm so. We're sorry.
2: rusty. We're both rusty on the puns. Okay, that's it, that's ponds. what
1: it is. Um, yeah. speaking of like professional comedians and stuff as well, we've also got, uh, Tommy Tiernan joining us today, which is amazing. And obviously his best friend, Hector. Now I always make an absolute hames of Hector's surname. So it's Hector ohooka Is O'hookagorn. that how you, how you, That's the one.
2: Oh, no, I did not know this. And um, he told me in the oh. interview, do you know what the English version of his name is? ohooka
1: no. Uh oh, is it I'm gonna go oh Hector Huckleberry or something?
2: <laughs> oh that is...
1: the the world famous Hector Huckleberry.
2: <laughs> Hector Huckleberry Finn, that is his official title.
1: That's the one. <laughs> no, what does it mean?
2: No, it's Kyogen. What? Yeah, and he told me he met Barry Kyogen recently and Barry Kyogen was like, Is my surname your name
1: in Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> It's my yes. name your name <laughs> yeah
2: mr so huckleberry I did not know that so it's it's hector well it's Hector actually that's his name but that's the english version of it's actually Cuban.
1: that's hey, incredible wow. oh geez you learn something new every day <laughs> um well thanks thanks for that i know you chatted to the two lads they've got a brand new podcast coming out don't they
2: Yes, yeah, so there's two episodes out now. It's um the Tommy and Hector podcast with Lorita Blewett. And it's all filmed basically, or recorded rather, in Tommy's shed down in Galway. And it's honestly like being a part of a chat in a pub. You know, they're just chatting about yeah. <laughs> From mass to dogging, it's got it all. They're just chatting about
1: what's... mass, mass to dogging. That's just a typical Sunday out of my way. Like, and, so
2: yeah. and mass dogging. So they're, they're covering it all. So <laughs>
1: perfect. Well, how how were the two lads? Were they in good form?
2: They were in great form. Um, it was honestly, I could feel because they're both from Mead. Uh, originally as well as myself I could feel myself throughout the interviews just my jaw dropping and <laughs> my me the accent coming out thicker and stronger uh so that was that was fun um but they were both just I think like to have the podcast now to have something to do during the current circumstances and just chatting to them they're just <laughs> you just can sense the love and crack they have for each other and with each other. It's
1: it's yeah, really yeah. beautiful. <laughs> no, no, that's brilliant. I can't wait to hear because I haven't heard these interviews yet. So uh, I am ready for a full-on uh, oral onslaught of three mead accents going hard-handed hard <laughs> for the for the next while. So um, up first, we're going to have your chat with Hector, Hector Kjogan, Uh and then after that, uh, Tommy Tiernan. So Justine, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, say hello to the cows for me, will you?
2: Will indeed, Owen.
1: Um. <laughs> I hope to see you in person, like, really, really soon. Look after yourself. Okay. (laughs) Stay safe, everybody. Wear a mask. And here's Hector, uh, followed by Mr. Tommy Tiernan. See you later. Bye. Bye.
2: Firstly, congratulations on the podcast. Whose idea was it to get the band back together?
3: See, because the two boys, because me and Tommy emigrated to Galway years ago, um... We've always been in touch. We've always been in contact. Sometimes, though, when I'm working and he's busy, I wouldn't see him from one end of the year to the other. But uh, we're always in contact. Even when I'm on the road, we'd have a text. Or we always wanted to do something in the last year or two or three years. We've met numerous occasions to try and come up with an idea. One was just to hop in a car with a, pair, a couple of pool cues and just go around and play pool in every pub in Ireland. <laughs>
2: Cool dudes, <laughs> uh,
3: but that didn't happen. That did just a couple of snooker cues and the two boys driving around Ireland, but that never happened. So, April, I, I rang Tommy. I said, There's a coffee shop open uh, during lockdown. Do you want to get a coffee and you want to talk about stuff? And we sat there, and he said, Fuck it, What can we do? What can we do? Can we do a radio show? Or what can we do? I'm at, see, look, I'm after having McDonald's curry, lovely. <laughs> We have just made McDonald's curry from the 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 pot.
2: Oh yeah, you get in a carvery class.
3: Oh Lord, <laughs> lo- there's nothing more beautiful than a mead person saying carvery. Carvery, <laughs> is there? Pub could be shit, but the carvery is great. <laughs> Christ Almighty, carvery's how important a carvery's got now with <laughs> wet pubs and dry pubs. And we We made lovely homemade chips and uh, lovely. I get the vinegar from a chipper in Navin, believe it or not.
2: Not the Valley Cafe, no. (laughs) Class. Ah, that's the proper job there. There's no messing.
3: That vinegar is from Ezio's chipper beside Park Talchin.
2: I know the one.
3: I'm delighted to be by somebody from fucking Mead. (laughs) It's fucking great to hear the Mead (laughs) accents in the media.
2: So back with the podcast. So
3: So me and Tommy started talking in April. Then we met for another coffee in May. Right, we're going to do this. I said, I know the German website that sells microphones uh, and all that gear called Toman. And he goes, no fucking way. I said, Tommy, this is like the the Ikea for (laughs) audiovisual products. And I said, let's get the stuff. Let's put it all in your shed. Let's get really crispy, clear, good sound. And let's make a podcast. And then we said, right, will we get Norita?" And we rang Loretta Blewett, who we hadn't seen. And we'd been in touch with, but we haven't talked to her since our days on radio and iRadio, when she was a big part of our show and producer and sort of extra voice. That, and she was on the show and we said, we need Larita, So we got Norita back. And little did we ever think that she never told me back then, but that she's, she's Joe Biden's cousin. So plan is the plan is we're going to get, as I said to Loretta last week, I said, there's only one tweet I want. When he becomes the president of America, he's just got to say, "This podcast is the best thing I've heard <laughs> in years." <laughs> yeah, up Mayo and hashtag Tommy and Hector podcast. <laughs> so uh, it's great to have Larita there. She's a really she's a really great Knockmore, and they're in the county final in a couple of weeks' time, or next week or two weeks against Brady. But she's a real passionate uh, Mayo woman uh she's brilliant she's very funny she had the line her line in the first podcast has just there's been so much reaction when we were talking about have you heard the first podcast yeah yeah so the uh, they're just closing the door there but the dogging story about outside the volkswagen passat maureen just hang on a second and talk about dogging in ireland and yeah and all (laughs) that and then and then she goes tommy goes it's supreme confidence the confidence it must give you to be able to have sex in public. And Loretta came out with that line, which is an absolute gem. I mean, how would that translate into sort of reading at mass? <laughs> and To me, that's just genius. That's just pure genius from Loretta. It's like a simple, we've no agenda. We might have a few ideas where the, where the conversation is going to go. But the dogging stories and the GAA and the, the whole thing just weaves. And then we're going to leave it like that, mm. where- not going to meddle with this too much. Um, I think the country is in a mood to laugh. I think uh, it needs to laugh because we're so tense and angry and fed up and pissed off and depressed and frustrated. And fucking everything that this thing has done to us, we're, we're in a very strange place and we just got to look inwards. And if we can make people laugh, whether they're in the car on that shitty morning going to work these days, or whether they're in the kitchen on a shitty morning, or whether they're uh, after dropping the kids and it's piss and rain, but they're happy the kids are back at school and someone listens to the podcast and it makes them laugh uh, and smile and brings imagery into their head, I'm happy.
2: Well, I think the image of you at the bottom of your garden taking a piss with your Jack Russell is one that will stay with me for life. So that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I, I, I I have a great relationship with him.
3: He's, uh, <laughs> he, he understands me. When I look into his eyes, he goes, "You are a fool. <laughs> but you're my fool. <laughs> but I like you yeah. because <laughs> me and you understand each other. Yeah. I'm gonna get the Jack Russell for you now. Hang on. Uh, go
2: on.
1: Here. walk <laughs>
2: You're Rocco there. Ah, look at them, Rocco, if I could just ask a few quick questions.
3: (laughs) All Jack Russells are the kings, the kings of Ireland.
2: They're the ancient kings of Ireland. (laughs) So just on lockdown, how have you found it? Is there something particularly difficult you found about it? I
3: suppose we were away, I was away for the month of February and Mm. and into March we were in Africa making a new series for TG Carr. We did three months in America. No, uh, yeah, 12 weeks in America. And the year before, was 12 weeks going through Siberia and all that. So once a year, we make these series for TG Car. To be away in Ethiopia, I mean, on the 10th of March, I was swimming in 33 degrees heat in the Indian Ocean on the, in the, on the coast of Kenya near Mombasa. And then we took a flight home and we just fly into all this shit.
2: Mm.
3: But we, we don't know if we're going to get back out to finish the series. We were sort of twiddling our thumbs and then I made a series, of eight-part series for my garage for TG Car called Hector and Show, where I spoke to 100 people over Zoom, over, from Damien Dempsey to Tommy Dowd to Dan Shanahan the Hurler to everybody that I wanted to talk to during lockdown from my garden shed. So I didn't think I'd be able to walk out the back door of my house and make a TV show and,
1: yeah. and
3: come in and put on the kettle and come back out again. And this is a very strange time for the whole country and... I don't think the politicians really understand how fucking, how hard it is all over the country for ordinary people, ordinary decent people. There's nobody that's been unaffected and if they have been unaffected, they're one of the lucky few, but it's just a load of balls. It's, for me, I didn't mind it because we started doing a bit of painting and I have a garden, I could kick football. The kids were playing a lot of Xbox and the weather was good. Mother Nature took care of us all really, really well because the weather was really brilliant and if the weather was shit, we would have been in a bad place. We, I, we just—it's all about slowing down. To, to we—I I think the country got off the hamster wheel. I think, and the thing I like best about this, Justine, is that if somebody says they're working from home from now on, there's going to be no sneering and no fucking pull me up, pull the other one, are ah, you yeah. working from home? or yeah, damn you, they're fucking out last night. That's bollocks. Now working from home is, is 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 a is a big statement. It's a good statement, and it means that that person. Will maybe have more time with their children, or maybe we'll cook a nicer dinner, maybe we'll be able to go for a nice walk and get the work done Mm. instead of just busting their holes to get in through the traffic and get to work and get home and fill the dishwasher and feed the kids and, and let's go back on the wheel. Yeah, and just
2: speaking of you know, lockdown, and you spoke on the podcast that you were in Clare a few weeks ago, with more people being encouraged to staycation. How would you describe, or would you encourage people to staycation in Navin as a location, or how would you sell it to people to go there for their staycation?
3: Mm. Would <laughs> would, you, would you say to people, "Go and see Navin"? Yes, because <laughs> because we've now got all. There's a real. There's a really cool new bakery coffee shop in a butchers that I used to go to the butchers in Bruce Hill. I was in there last week, and she had French music emanating out the window and there was a hatch and it used to be a butcher's, but now it's a beautiful coffee shop. And then that night, I went to the China garden, which is the greatest Chinese oh, yeah. of all. Michelle was in there. Michelle should be given the keys in the she's She's yeah. non you you know, <laughs> yeah. Michelle is just the China garden. My boys are in there. They know their food. My, we know what we're having. And the next one, I went across the road. It used to be a Flaherty's, but it's now a, a new pub. It's your man who owns house Alan from the house in that fancy place on Dawson Street, that lounge. But like he's from he's from Clonmelon. He's a, he's a, he's on the border. He's a meat man from Mellon. So I, I met him there. But you could go to the Hill of Tara, uh, and you can go to Slane. That's one of my favorite parts in the world. Slane is like going to Narnia. I know people that went to Slane, and and, and they only went there for a day.
2: It took them four weeks to find a way out. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably still people there after a gig 2 years ago trying to find the way out. <laughs> yeah. There's a
3: there's a there's a few there's a few fields in Slane where you ha- if you go in the wrong way into a field you can get lost. Mm. And the only way of getting out of that field is by turning your jumper inside out and then walking out the opposite <laughs> way out of the field, but that's only around Slane. I, I like the vibe in Slane. Mm. I love the vibe there. I, lo- I love the I love the road from Navan to Slane on the right-hand side down by the river. It's just this lush forest, forestry. It, 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 it looks like something out of Robin Hood and all those great movies, with Sherwood Forest, and it shows you the way Ireland was. I feel like some of the countryside around Slane reminds me of the way it was five or six hundred years ago, or a thousand years ago, which I'd I'd love to be transported back to that time in Ireland. That would be my favourite time.
2: And speaking about being transported back in time, Leave has got the results this week, and the CEO offers today. Can you remember the day you got your leaving cert results? How you felt, or what you wanted to do? Jesus! <laughs>
3: first of all, the first of all, the pressure—the pressure of the leaving
2: cert—is
3: mm. ridiculous. I think it needs to be modernised. I think the whole system in this country is wrong. I think the, the it's, we're we're trying to create robots who can repeat stuff and learn stuff off by heart. I think uh, I think the system is broken. Uh, I feel very. I feel a lot for the leaving cert students this year that didn't get the marks they deserved, or didn't put it in, in maybe fifth year or sixth year because they and then they got grinds in certain subjects for the last year because they thought it was all big one exam. So it's been very unfair to a lot of students. I'm sure the students out there who couldn't believe their results. But I mean, for me personally, uh, I'm a big advocate of, of of the spoken language, whether it's Spanish or French or German or particularly Irish. I mean, like. There should be no qualms about fifty percent of your paper should be for speaking Irish. And if that student has gone to the Gaelta or their parents have had a love of Irish or the student can speak Irish, this is in a non-Gaelic school now. I think they should be instantly. They should be getting their honour and then moving up higher up the grand, the ranks. But I mean, we do. You know, it's just we're so backward. I think the educational system in this country is backward. I think we need to change it. We need to gut it. And start again, and 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 give it a fresh, a fresh feel. I mean, I I, I got five Cs, five honors. Uh, I don't know whether it was good or whether it was bad. But because I got a C in honors Latin, I was allowed to go to Trinity. I failed Trinity in second year or in late first year. I didn't even get to second year. But because I got a C in honors Latin, I was allowed to go to Trinity College, which that's a load of shite. Sure, I hadn't a clue, and. Uh, I just thought, who who goes does a really good leaving and then goes to college and then goes on to get the job they want? I mean, very few people, Mm. the leaving cert makes a determination on what job you're going to get. So I think, what do we really want? want? We want happy, healthy, rounded, social, good, honest, passionate, proud Irish young people. And if they're intelligent, all the better. But if they're not, there's so much more than just one piece of paper because it really doesn't determine what a lot of the kids who, who got their Leaving Cert results this week will will end up doing and will end up living and will end up because so many people I know uh, in the world of television and media never went to college and never went to film school and never did any of that and 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 it just shows you that you know there's so many things out there it's not it shouldn't be defined on a piece of paper and how did they do in the Leaving and how'd you do in the Leaving and how'd you do in the Leaving. It is important, but it's not the end of the world.
2: Sums it up in one, really. And finally, before I let you go, right, I know you're a United fan, and Tommy's Liverpool. Is there rivalry there, or what do you reckon United's chances are this season?
3: <laughs> the rivalry. Of, I mean, we, we were so bad at Christmas, it was unbelievable. Tommy, it doesn't glow too much, but we go mm. back to first year in school. Who do you support? Liverpool. Who do you support? United. <sighs> Yeah. It was just United Liverpool. Tommy doesn't hasn't gloated much, but I know he's passionate about it. <laughs> uh, we are we're getting closer to Liverpool. They're out tonight against Leeds United mm-hmm. in the first in the first Premier League match. Uh, Me and Tommy have more sports banter now because he's gone back. He's gone back coaching under eights in Barna, and he's gone round now. Like oh, he's gone round off up <laughs> at the pitch, and he's putting down cones and he's putting out drills and. I said, how many cones are you using? I mean, the science of conology now at football matches. The lads, Tommy will be out there 20 minutes before the match and he'll be putting down conal, zonal areas. And all this shit. Look, at it, I've been coaching for years and he knows this. I just coached the boys to the under-16A county championship. I've been coaching the same team since they're eight. They're 16-year-olds now. So my, I'm coming in from, I'm, I'm like the Jim Gavin of coaching the Sean Boylan. Tommy's coming in at the under-8 level. <laughs> that's where we have most, most banter at the moment Tommy Tommy yeah Tommy thinks he can turn his hand to a lot of things mm. but that's why we have good banter in the shed when he tells me he's coaching the under eights and stuff and uh, that's the type of chat we have you know and, and up at training and stuff like that so it's very funny and I'm sure the parents are delighted that that is that Tommy if out there coaching and you can hear Tommy as long as he's shouting in a mead accent Give the hand pass off his shoulder now. Be running off the shoulder. Good lad, good lad. Give it now. Give it a go. Down with that ball. Steps. The greatest line of any match. Steps. Steps. I mean, how,
2: how often do you hear steps being shouted at a match in Ireland? Steps. People are just passionate about the band, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steps.
3: <laughs> Justine, well, Justine um, this has been very unique now very interesting <laughs> I really think we should start the Mead Media <laughs> Union of Ireland Mead. the so we'll Media Mead Mead Members Media Union of Ireland where mm. we will have a social once a year in a, 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 a pub in, in Naba
2: we'll ha- make it happen <laughs> Hector, Justine, thanks a million for chatting to me today and the best of luck with the podcast. As, <laughs> I, say,
3: as, as I say, Justine, support your local podcast.
2: That's it. There you go. <laughs> In pod we trust.
3: <laughs> In, po- <laughs> In pods we trust. Listen, uh,
2: thanks a million. <laughs> oh, Good on. luck. Good if I could start things off, your show is Tommy Tierney's show. Every week yeah. you have no idea who the guests are going to be. You have no prep, no heads up. And if I was to put you in that position now where you came on and a host didn't know you, how would you introduce yourself?
0: Oh, how would I introduce myself? That's a great question. I, uh, oh, Jesus. (laughs) See, any time you define yourself, you always feel as if it's too uh, limited a notion. Mm. Oh, God. Uh, A very talented uh, teenage pool player. That's how I would describe myself.
2: <laughs> and am I right in saying this that you are actually colourblind?
0: Yes, I am. Yeah.
2: So does that affect so I can't,
0: the playing? Does yeah. So there be times. Uh, I one one of my kind of um, insecurities is mistaken the brown for one of the reds. Uh, so that's that's the spectrum that I'm on. <laughs> so I, uh, I my wife actually bought me. It's not these glasses now, but you can get these glasses that. Uh, for colourblind people that that fix all the colours in the world. And there's videos of them online, of these guys on the veranda of some house in Wisconsin or something. And the whole family gathers around and he's colorblind, and he gets the glasses and he starts, <laughs> it's so emotional that he can see all these colours. So my wife bought me a pair of them, you know, thinking it was going to change. It just made everything green. <laughs> everything was just green so See, but I am colourblind I'm also toned deaf, and
2: oh I really? have flat feet wow what a the, the, <laughs> triple trash there
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I should have I probably should have gone to a special needs school <laughs> but they decided to send me to St. Pat's in Navin anyway
2: it was <laughs> my thing there was like I'm, how do you know when to put out the green bin that's why I always wonder with people that are colourblind how do you know what bin goes out that week
0: I don't actually uh, I yeah as far as I'm concerned, we have two brown bins. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I just I I leave both of them out. So. <laughs> Whichever one is emptied is grand with me.
2: <laughs> so um, just just get back, I've really been enjoying the podcast and I've just been wondering Thank how you. have you been coping in lockdown, you've been finding it. Did the did the podcast come from a was it born from a place of wanting to stay creative during lockdown, or is it something you always wanted to do?
0: No, it was it was um uh, all of us end up doing doing jobs. I suppose that. Um, I, I, how do you describe this now? That uh, maybe we're very responsible, and maybe we're kind of just copping on and like my fa- my father's attitude to work was: it doesn't matter what it is you sweat and 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 get enough money to pay your bills, you know. But I, I must have been watching something on telly where some guy was reminiscing about his life, and he he said that he had a lot of fun, that he didn't care how successful he was, or just had a lot of fun, and that really struck a chord with me. And I was wondering how much of my life can I look back on and say that was awful crack, you know? And there wasn't a fierce amount. I've done stuff that's successful, but success isn't the same as crack, you know. Um, and I said, okay, well. Uh, let's let's try and do something that's just pure fun. And the thing that came into my head immediately was working with Hector and Larita. Um, I just have su- such a laugh with them. Mm. Like Hector makes me laugh in a way it hasn't happened since I was in secondary school. So um um I just I just I phoned to the pair of them up and they, they both said yeah. So mm. that was it.
2: Something and I know you mentioned on the podcast that you couldn't cut your hair because you're going back to filming Dairy Girls again. Oh look at it there now, it's growing. <laughs> Is there a date set for <laughs> for what for the haircut for, or no. for returning to filming? Is there a date yet set? Or <laughs>
0: um, no, for dairy girls, no. Um, there's nothing. So oh, this, I hate it. It's just I don't hate it. It's just very seventies, very, very agricultural advisor now <laughs> in the 1950s.
2: Well, I think oh. you're onto. Yeah, I know you. You said Bill Murray is a bit of a you know hair hero now. I think that's a good look. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> You're the first person to say that to me.
2: <laughs> With Derry um, I've yeah. always wondered, was it your own choice to not do a dairy accent or would you ever consider doing the dairy accent?
0: I suggest, see, on, on, the, re- on the read-through, I would have done loads and loads of gigs up north, you know, and um, Northern Republicans do have uh, a kind of thing towards Southerners that the Southerners kind of let them down, you know, that the Southerners <laughs> abandoned them. Um, and I did did a read-through of the script, and so the, the when I saw that the granddad hates the dad, I just said to Lisa, look, I said, if the dad was from the South, it would add an extra level there, and she said, absolutely, let's give it a go. And then, then I tried, now my dairy accent is very similar to my Pakistani accent, so I guess they started for just for continuity purposes that they keep me Southern Irish.
2: <laughs> so speaking of dairy and places in Ireland, we're kind of encouraged now with COVID to staycation and travel in mm. Ireland. Navin, is that a place you would recommend as a staycation location or how would you sell someone to travel and visit Navin now in Ireland? Well, I
0: love going back to the town. Um, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't get out of the car or anything, but I do <laughs> like... Quite true, as always. Uh, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of driving from Galway up to Belfast, you know, and um, I always make a point of driving through Navan and uh, uh, kind of driving down as many different streets as I can and looping back on myself and calling into the Valley Cafe and getting a bag of chips and then driving the car up to the car park outside St. Oliver Plunkett's Church um, and... Um, eating the chips there and then driving through Clusker Park and Black Castle and out to Slane Road Um so how would I sell Nav and I'd, I you couldn't buy it
2: <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> so want it. Sell it you
0: wouldn't You couldn't buy it you wouldn't want it <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually Hector so, said he prefers the chips out of SEO's Valley Cafe all the way <laughs> SEO's
0: I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even go in there for directions I'd mind chips <laughs>
2: So since lockdown has kind of happened and COVID, we've seen the arts industry Mm. and comedians in particular affected. I know yourself, you've had to reschedule a lot of gigs. And how has it affected yourself? Or how do you feel it's going to affect the future comedy or the arts industry?
0: Um, I don't know. I mean, I signed a letter today asking for some, um, that came from the entertainment industry, people just asking for governmental help. Because the amount of people, they said, you know, the entertainment sector was the first one to go and it'll be the last one back. Um, And you have, they said, the guts of 35,000 people um, who have no way of earning any money. And not only do they not have a way of earning money, but the work that they do provides billions for people in other industries. So the hospitality sector mainly, you know. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I do know that I found, I've kind of come out of it in the, in the last week, but I've f- found the last five or six weeks incredibly difficult. Uh, and I just noticed in myself that I'm not getting physically what I need. And I'm trying to identify well, what, what is it? First of all, I've noticed I was in a bad mood. And my energy levels went through the floor. I just had no, there's no buzz in me at all. And I was trying to, what the hell is happening here? Because I'd meet somebody and while I'm talking to them, the energy be up. And as soon as they go, oh man, I'd be on the floor again, you know? So I did about five weeks of that and it's not to be recommended and it's hard country. And I think what I missed was, is the stimulation of other people. You know, the stimulation of encountering other energies. Mm. Um, So I find it very difficult, really. Uh, But the past week has been been good.
2: And how do you you think there's a way the comedians can adapt? Like there's a lot of people doing online gigs and performances. Do you feel that can ever really fully replicate doing a live stand-up show? Or do you think that's going to be the future for a lot of gigs?
0: I'd have no interest in doing that. Um, uh, I'd be more... Interest now in going down to the main road and shouting at trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather do that than do an online gig.
2: Well, it's an <laughs> audio, It's a live, real audience there. Like.
0: And <laughs> stand outside the primary school. Assholes! they are all
2: assholes.
0: I'd, I'd prefer that than uh, <laughs> than do an online gig. Um, so so I don't know really.
2: I know from reading Steve Martin's book, Born Standing Up, he Mm -hmm. talks a lot about at times in his career where he felt people were coming to see him more than the set. It didn't matter about the set. They just wanted to see him. And is that something that you've kind of experienced or in a way that, you know, leaning into more doing interviews or podcasts allows you to still be out there in a different way or what do you get different from doing that to doing stand up?
0: Well, the thing with Steve Martin was he 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 noticed that um, he was doing shows at one stage in his career, like to twenty five thousand people. He was playing like football stadiums, mm. and people were so familiar with his material that they were joining in in the punchlines and in the setups. And so he he'd been earning millions, but that danger, mm. the the tension of going on stage and the release when people laugh, that was gone from his. Uh, from his live work so I can see how he'd get bored with that Um, for me it's just uh, it's always looking for that buzz like where's the buzz Mm. you know Um, and uh, stand up is just it seems right now it seems to be relegated to some distant parish (laughs) uh, that I I, I can't even imagine being there you know so the buzz now is and it's very different because so the way I'm talking to you, so I'd I'd get a thrill out of making you laugh, okay, and then, so, so that's a kind of a performance of sorts, right. you know. And then when I'm talking to Hector, what I've noticed with Hector is that uh, I'm almost a submissive one, <laughs> so he does he does <laughs> most of the talk. Have you noticed that? Like he's kind of he's the alpha male in that relationship. <laughs> so, so and the fact that I the fact that the relationship is like that, it gives him confidence. You know? Yes. Um, The... So it's all about the the way the person is in front of different audiences. You know, uh, in front of a stand-up audience now, I'd be very alpha and big and strong and claiming the space. In terms of the... In the interview show, Mm. that's just another... um, I wouldn't say that's submissive, but sometimes I, I... like. At at the end of series three, I, I I nearly became a priest, you know, when I was uh, mm. eighteen. Mm. And I came to the end of series three. I said, "I'm going to have to change my approach here because there's a kind of a father turn and vibe coming off me." It was just a little bit too sincere and a little oh, bit you know, <laughs> maintaining the meaningful eye contact. And I said, "Oh, geez, I better loosen up here a little bit now." But it's all different, and it's all looking for. I write stuff as well, you know, and I get mm. a buzz out of making myself laugh with stuff that I write. And uh, but it's all, it's all different audiences, and mm. I think it's all about looking for uh, connection and freedom and adrenaline. Mm.
2: So this week, leaving certs got the results, and CAO offers came out today. So just wondering, do you remember the day you got your leaving cert results? How you felt, or what you wanted to do, or so did any ad- advice? Sorry for leaving certs getting the results this week
0: yeah well, my advice would be safe for for girls would be to get pregnant um say i think that if you didn't if you didn't if you didn't get your get what you wanted you could always have a baby i think that option is is still available for women and uh <laughs> I don't have a baby um and i think uh for fellas I I know I don't. I only said that to to be facetious. Um, I had no interest in school, you know, and um, I. Uh, so I'm not very. Uh, none of my kids are particularly academic, and um, they're not. Hey, hey, hey! They're not thick now.
2: What's <laughs> <not>, <laughs> the <There's a> difference? <laughs>
0: <laughs> they wouldn't be um, fiercely interested in school. I have six children altogether. Maybe the young ones are a bit buzzed up that way but the older ones and they did they all got amazing leaving starts but they're just not really not academic people um I have no real interest I so I I'm it, I don't really like going to parent teacher meetings because I have no I'm not invested in in the process you know I'm kind of I I, I like to hear that my kids are getting on well socially um I like that they're participating in sport I like that they're having a laugh when they're in school I love you know, picking up my kids from school you know I have a daughter in secondary school in Galway and I, I love waiting for her outside the gates and she's laughing if they're laughing coming out of school I just think that's that's all you that's all you can hope for really isn't it you know um, so one of my daughters got her leaving search results during the week and is very happy and Applied for a course and she's got it. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't, I'm not, that wouldn't be one of my strong points now. Um, advising my kids on the Leave and Search and what to do in school. I, I hate being, I, Jesus, it drives me demented. Um, I have, like, one of my sons is in second class and another one of my sons is in sixth class. This helping them with their homework shit? <laughs> uh, no. I just don't do that find your mother i am not getting involved with it i don't i didn't i've done it's like going to prison and then some dwarf coming up to you and asking you will you help me go through prison no i won't you no so i don't i don't do homework with them um you know tom waits the musician he mm. was on uh, a chat show in america and the chat show host asked him. He said, uh, "How are the kids?" And he says, Oh, it is a great gruff I said, "Ah, oh, uh, one of one of one of my sons is older than I am." Oh, oh, oh. And then he goes, uh, uh, "I'm not allowed to help my children with their homework anymore. Not allowed." <laughs> so the host goes, "Why not?" "Ah, because they 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 came back from school one day and they said I had made up a war." <laughs> so, oh god. I think that's very exciting to, be, you know, to, to get involved with your kids' homework, but to tell lies <laughs>
2: just to get them into trouble—be <sighs> great. Oh god! Uh, speaking of wars and rivalries, I know you're a big yeah. Liverpool supporter yourself, and yeah. Hector is a big United supporter. Are there any yeah. rivalries there during recording, or how do you feel Liverpool are looking this season? Do you think they can? Do you think they peaked last season? I tell you
0: what—he he was awful cocky there for about twenty <laughs> years.
2: <laughs> he did. He told me that. He said you weren't too cocky. You didn't brag too much about it.
0: No, I didn't. Because uh, I, I, I. But he was awful. I remember, you know, all from about nineteen ninety three to two thousand and twelve. He did the the
3: ocean.
0: He'd be doing the nav and walk. you know what I mean? He <laughs> be so proud of United. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm involved with my local GAA team here, and I get actually get more enjoyment out of that. So I'm, I've started coaching the under-12s um, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just waiting on the guarded clearance to come through. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> um, so I, I, I really, really enjoy that. And I get more of a buzz out of going to, I spent years going over to Anfield, you know. Um, but I, I, I realise I, I enjoy going to local GAA matches more.
2: Um, what, what's your advice to the kids do you shout at them when they're playing is there any you know
0: yeah I'm not um, so we got this other coach in yesterday uh, who was trying to get us to stop shouting uh, I would be fairly <laughs> I'd be fairly shouting <laughs> I think I, I think it goes back to the shouting at trucks and uh, not not having any any shows at the moment
2: <laughs> doing stand up for <laughs> the kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind
0: of like a performance. It is, you know. So, um, um, but the, the coach said a great thing. He said, um, uh, "What you want to introduce in order to get the so you in my mind? Okay, we all want the kids to express themselves, and we all love imaginative football. And he says the way you you way you create that is by creating chaos in the training sessions. So what you?" Uh, you, you tell them all to get a bib. You don't say half a ye yellow, half a ye red. Just all get a bib. And then you throw the ball into them. You don't tell them the rules of the game or <laughs> what they're supposed to do. And you just start. And they have no clue. So what they're doing is they're, they're, that helps them cope with chaos and that helps them come up with their own kind of way of expressing themselves and trying to solve the puzzle of what the coach wants. So that stuff is fascinating to me. Um,
2: (laughs) and uh, Hector Hector said you were big into the football cones said you were mad for them putting
0: them out for the kids he's mad for cones he's mad for all that that, uh, uh, the the parish that Hector's connected with do very well underage you know very well Mm. now it hasn't translated to senior don't say that to you (laughs) but I'm so I'm with the under 12s and I'm I've made it this is a long term commitment now. I'm going <laughs> to follow this team through till junior C till they're all <laughs> in their mid 50s. <laughs> Ernie is and shattered kneecaps. I'm in this I'm hoping to get them we want to contend for the for the for the for the, for the South Galway Junior C championship in 2041. That's my ambition.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't care who knows it. <laughs> and so finally, on your show, and I know you do the jingle in the podcast, and often on yes. your show, you'll ask your guests to give us a bit of a tune or a song. Is there anything you could give us a bit of a rhyme or a tune for a song just to...
0: Well, sure. I've, I've one Irish for you now that's quite uh, serious, but mm. I'll I, I throw it out to you just in case. It's, it's called Fíisí <laughs> Víadse. And you don't have to really understand it. Um, it's uh, by a poet from the Aran Islands called Marchino Derron, and it goes something like this: Físh vía otsa, shal bog garad a mask mullina e ilan mora e gshul kush clabh modern trónona o lún gasáhran báile. vía otsa, shal bog a mask mullina o cre crua. Ignis dork o agna kind here egg that's it <laughs> so that, that's a poem about a fella who uh, wants to be walking along a beach in the west of Ireland uh, amongst people he can call friends so that's
2: and that would be the chant for the under 12s now when you win the championship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We shall be out, sir! We shall be out,
2: sir! Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and the best of luck with the rest of the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks,
0: Justine. Thank you. (laughs)